This is CliffCentral.com. Anyway, Anthea is here. Yay! Yay. Hey. Hey. Okay. Why didn't you guys sing for me? Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what's... Oh, no. no that's that's no, no, not what No. That is actually a sound that is worse than... The that faulty, aux. Yeah. faulty aux cable. Let's not do that to people's ears. Okay. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a nice idea. All right, then. I'll do it without my son. <laughs> so before we even start talking about the market, I think we have to congratulate Lucetia Konayako, who is our central banker and got voted central banker of the year last week. I had no idea oh. such an award existed. <laughs> It's like uh, it's like the Ballon d'Or. Ben will understand that. Mm. <laughs> nice, Anthea. Solid. <laughs> yeah. Um, so very cool. And I think, you know, a lot of it was to do with last year's threat of the state taking over or taking control of the Reserve Bank. Um, the governor, the governors actually are generally appointed by the president, but they tend to be totally independent. And I think with a talk of state capture last year, everyone said the state wanting to take over the Reserve Bank is just another way of them to get their hands on the corrupt, corrupt politicians. How shall I put this? To get their you hands on the purse. <laughs> corrupt is redundant. Oh, is redundant? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. And then the market. Let's get to the market. Probably. The most volatile I've seen this market, like forever actually. The worst week in two years on the JSC last week, we were down 4.8% for the week. I mean, I don't know what happened to all those bullish investors. They just disappeared. The RAND dropped 2%, but that that's on the back of stronger U.S. jobs data, which lifted the dollar as well as concern about the South African stock market. And you'll see that it, it was just a run, like everybody just ran. I mean, PPC put out a trading statement for no, a nine-month trading statement. Really not good. Shares were down 7.6% on the day. Um, this is one of those very bizarre shares which we held and then we sold and we bought some more and then we sold some more. Um, if you remember, they had three potential bidders um, – looking to buy the company, all of them fell away. And I think what the market is saying is that they probably did wrong last year to focus on these merger discussions, one, and two, that the South African economy was not growing and therefore no business for PPC. And then the really big story of last week was, if you guys remember Viceroy Research... Yes, they were having horrible things to say about Capitec. That's right. So initially, they put out the report on Steinoff. When the day that Marcus Yerster resigned, they released a report saying that Steinoff is a house of cards. This week, or last week, sorry, they put out a report saying that Capitec basically are, one, um, charging people too much, two, rolling over their, 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 un, their re, un, Paid loan. So in other words, if you go to Capitec, you take a loan and you don't pay it, normally what would happen is the bank should write down that debt. They'll come after you, obviously, but in their books, they have to write down the debt. What, what Viceroy was saying is that Capitec were then offering you another loan to repay the loan you hadn't repaid. Now, it's actually legal to do this three times, believe it or not. <laughs> and Capitec responded almost immediately saying, actually, we are doing it, but we're only doing it on average twice. So we're giving you a loan to repay the loan which you're defaulting on, but 
only up to a certain point. And then they were saying that Capitec weren't doing this properly. There was a whole lot of story. Capitec came out immediately. I mean, on the day when the report came out, the Capitec shares were down 25%. They subsequently bounced a little bit. Like on Friday, they were up about 9%. Um, but Capitec came out immediately saying, actually, we're fine. We're fully capitalized. The Reserve Bank came out saying they're happy because the Reserve Bank um, governs the financial markets and the banks. Reserve Bank came out saying that Capit- they were happy with Capital- Capitex capitalization. They had enough money, enough liquidity. Treasury came out saying that they were happy with Capitex capitalization, and so the world is okay. S&P, in fact, also came out saying that they're leaving Capitex um, rating as it was, and they're ignoring the Viceroy report. Wow. It's It's been quite something. This Fraser pairing went on Bloomberg TV. I mean, I hate it when we make international news and it's so negative, right? Um, and I actually watched him and all the while I was thinking this was the morning he released it. And all the while I was thinking, I hope you get this wrong. Because even though everyone's come out and said the bank is fine, no problem, I think there is a tail risk, um, like a a, a, a small chance that if this gets into the consumer domain, that the consumers may feel uncomfortable banking with Capitec and therefore cause a run on the bank. In other words, go and draw their money. But aren't they the fastest growing? They are. In the country. And that was part of the problem. You know, so it's the same story with Steinoff. You know, all these acquisitive companies, when Viceroy threatens to write a report, what people do then is they go and look at the companies that are a little bit um, unstable or a little bit tenuous or where earnings are not that good or where something's going on in the background. So with Steinoff, it was a story of they grew too fast. Um, they were just very acquisitive and they were still producing really good earnings. So they obviously were hiding something. Now with Capitec, same story. Viceroy went, you're growing too fast and you're doing a couple of things that are not right. How are you still producing such great earnings? Mm. Um, and that's why they went after them. But I think they got it wrong this time, to be honest. Well, there was a theory that they were going to do this and then short, short them hard. But that's exactly that would, how, it. That's how they would make some money because the bad press would lead everyone into like being chaotic about how they see things. Yeah, that's exactly right. So what they did and the FSB, Financial Services Board, have now asked for an inquiry into Viceroy because they do exactly that. They short the share. They put out a horrible report, everyone sells it down, and they make lots of money. Hmm. There were also other um, um, speculation, there was also other speculation that it could have been Aspen, because Aspen Pharmaceuticals is very acquisitive. Um, and then property stocks. Now, this is an interesting one. You guys are going to have to watch carefully. I would check your portfolios this week and just watch your property stocks a little bit because the second, the, the, the kind of other companies that we were looking at that potentially Viceroy could write a report on were some of the property stocks. One of them, the resilient property group who also own Nepi Rock Castle, which has just done a consolidation. So there used to be Nepi called New Europe Property and Rock Castle. So they're now Rock Castle, Nepi Rock Castle. Green Bay was the other one and Fortress. So the four property companies and there's a whole lot of holdings between each other and a kind of really one big owner on top. One guy sits on top yeah. and a lot of people, a lot of those shares are interlinked. Um, those shares fell significantly last week as well. And I'm talking like 10, 12% moves down on a day. 
But there's, there's, there's another part of the story, unfortunately, which is making me nervous, and that there is rumor in the market, and you heard it here first, that a local Santon-based hedge fund is looking to put out a similar report in Viceroy style on these property companies. Now, whether it's true or not, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. yeah, like it's nice to know that there is a kind of like a watchdog and accountability out there. But then if it's going to the point where these guys are just looking to short things on speculation, they're just as bad as the people there. So this happens all the time in the U.S., so, but, but that's a huge market. So you'll know a guy called, who am I thinking of, Bill Ackman, who shorted Herbalife and went out onto Bloomberg TV every station he could and said, it's a terrible company, Herbalife is a Ponzi scheme, blah, 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 blah. He then had another activist investor called Carl Icahn who came up against him. And in November or December, Bill Ackman had to close out his position because the stock had rallied 50%. In other words, he'd lost up to 50% of his investment, and we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. You know what they say about Bill Ackman. I've said it before. The only thing bigger than his hedge fund is his ego. Ah, yeah, that's all Bill, yeah. (laughs) All right, shall we move away from those shares? Because that is, like, it it really was a terrible week last week. 4.8% down. I think we should talk about ESCOM because they put out their interim results last week. Talk about at the 11th hour. They were supposed to release them by the 31st of January. And the JSE said, if you don't release them, we will suspend your bonds. Because you know they don't have shares. The shares are not listed, but the bonds are listed. They go to the capital market to raise capital, to raise money. They put out their results on the 30th of January. Everybody loved the fact that Pakamani Hodebe, who was the newly appointed acting CEO, stood up and said, before I talk about anything else, I have to agree with the press that in the last couple of years, poor leadership at ESCOM is what has sparked the crisis. And I think South Africa applauded. They basically stood up and said, right, we have got this wrong. It's, it, we're not doing a good job. We need to fix it. And I mean, you can see it in the numbers. Profit was reduced from 9.5 billion rand the year before to 6.3 billion rand. Um, which still sounds a lot, but just not enough, obviously. Um, at the same time, Machela Coco, who again has been suspended, said, I have been served with new charges. I welcome these developments and once again look forward to clearing my name in a tribunal. I mean, I, I can't decide if he's just brazenly arrogant or doesn't really understand what's going on here. I think there's a fair amount of ignorance that goes into that. But Do you think is, he doesn't which, know which what he's key. doing wrong? I don't think... Yeah, see, that's a long discussion. I, I think it's, it's become like a cultural thing in this country that when you become in power of something or you become in charge of things, wrong is a very sort of soft word. Oh, does it get mixed up with entitled? Ooh. I think so, or protocol. Wow. That's wrong. Anyway. <laughs> but it does look like um, things are clearing up at ESCOM, at least, with uh, Jabu Mabuza as the chair and Pakamani Hodebe. So I'm, I'm a little bit positive, I must say. I'm looking forward to what's going on in the future. And then across the Atlantic Ocean in the U.S., the FOMC decided to keep rates unchanged, which was pretty much expected. It was Janet Yellen's last meeting. Um, and on, um, I wanted to say the date and I can't remember now. It's early in March sometime. <laughs> Go with that. The new governor, Jerome Powell, who has been appointed by none other than President Trump, will take over the reins of the Federal Reserve. We don't know what's going to, going to happen. Um, 
I'm inclined to think Actually, I'm not sure, to be honest, Jerome Powell, really. Like, he hasn't said whether he's dovish or hawkish, hawkish, whether he's going to raise interest rates or not. I mean, in Janet Yellen's speech last week, basically she was saying, it's all great, we're fine. The only problem we have is that inflation has not reached 2%, which we really want, except that we expect it to be fine this year. And so what the market has done now is that basically, we, in inverted commas, we know that there are going to be three interest rate interest rate interest rate hikes in 2018 in the US. But now the market is speculating that there might be a fourth one. And the question around Jerome Powell is whether or not he'll do it. You, you know, the one thing they still want to maintain in the US is economic or GDP growth, while at the same time keeping the market not uh, away from overheating. So it's, it's quite a difficult balance, I would say. I mean, good good news as well is that they created 200,000 jobs. I think they were expecting like 140,000, so way more than they were expecting. Um, unemployment still at 4.1%, which is fantastic. So, like, really things are just looking very good in the U.S. Very nice. And that obviously means more jobs too. Absolutely. Yeah, lots of growth. The, the, you know what the problem is, though, for us as South Africans, when the U.S. raises interest rates and we don't raise interest rates, in fact, we're looking to cut interest rates. I mean, I was complaining that there is a couple of weeks ago that the Reserve Bank kept rates on hold when they could have cut and because because cutting interest rates will stimulate the economy. Um, so what happens when the U.S. hikes interest rates, we keep interest rates low or we decrease or we uh, cut interest rates. Sorry, what am I saying? The U.S. raising interest rates and us cutting, okay? It increases the differential between. And as you know, money always goes to easy profit. Um, And obviously higher yields in the U.S., lower yields here. And even though interest rates in the U.S. are practically zero for our purposes, in South Africa, um, the interest rates, so uh, repo 6.75, because there's such a big differential, we get discounted in inverted commas because we're an emerging market and we don't have any growth and we're more risky and volatile. So you will see that happen. You will see the RAND weakening is basically where I was going with that. Well, inevitable, I guess. Yep, pretty much. And then quickly, do we have time just to talk about two companies in the US? Amazon and Apple reported last week. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Amazon... Um, a little bit, we- it was just okay. Uh, uh, sorry, Apple's results were just okay. A little bit weaker than expected. The iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10 are just not as popular as we thought they would yeah, be. Yeah, there's been some, been some horrible rumors around the fact that the iPhone 10 might be actually stopped. Oh, why? The, the, I didn't hear this. Because the, the pickup hasn't been that amazing. Hmm. Like, there's been tech rumors that are going around that it just hasn't been... You know, obviously Apple are going to spin it in a certain way because they'll always make themselves look great and say, well, it's a niche product and we on the top end of the scale. But I think people are just not, not buying the fact that you've got to have the latest, greatest Apple anymore. Oh, that's disappointing. That's a bit scary. Eh? Well, again, I mean, these are, these are different rumors. You're looking at different tech circles. Yeah. But no, it's... um. And from a company point of view, Apple's still okay. They still have enough cash on their balance sheet to buy back 20% of the company. And I think they might start doing a buyback. They probably will. And so I think what's going to happen is that the share price will stay even though the phones were disappointing. It'll kind of hold its own, I think, or be boosted or supported by this share buyback. And then Amazon very quickly, now this was exceptional. They didn't just beat earnings. They doubled expectations um, to like just the craziest 
craziest numbers. And I know you've all been watching Amazon Go, the store where you just walk in with your bag, um, you put everything in your shopping tr- in your shopping bags, and you walk out. And as you walk out, it uh, scans everything in your bag. Yeah. No standing at the till, no mm. paying cash. Debits your credit card, and off you go. Right? Yeah. It's supposed to be for convenience and no queues. But when Amazon Go opened up in Seattle, I think it was the queue was round the block. Yes, to get and, into the store. But, yeah. but that was to be expected, though. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, very funny. Though. No queues inside, but you'll queue outside to get in. It's a long tagline, <laughs> but I mean that's essentially what it is. So Amazon is now worth seven hundred or just over seven hundred billion dollars, very close to Microsoft, which is seven hundred and eleven billion dollars, and then Apple still leads the way, even though they were very disappointing results at eight hundred and twenty-seven billion dollars market cap. So Amazon very quickly catching up with Microsoft. There's, there's been a, quite a, a um, sort of weird correlation with Amazon and property in the U.S. because you would think that if everyone's shopping online, that retail property would not be in that demand. But, of course, now Amazon are opening their Go stores. And I heard that their uh, warehousing, some of their warehouses are as big as seven football fields. Yeah, what? I've heard yeah. that. It's just amazing that. Wow. So, so where you'd Sucks. think that an internet company would take profits away or take demand away from property, actually what Amazon is doing is creating demand for property. Jeez. It's going to be a busy week, guys, and volatile, no doubt, with these property shares. So um, I'll be watching for you. All right, Anthea, thank you very much. If you do want to get more of Anthea or if you just want to know where you find her, if you go onto the Central website onto GCS Features, the Money Shot page will conveniently pop down there. And every single one of Monday's or Anthea's Monday podcasts are right there. How about that? Thanks, guys. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Thank you, Anthea. This is CliffCentral.com.